You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Thank you for listening. This is episode 58 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. It's Friday the 28th of October and my name's Charlotte Greenway. Sadly, unlike Nick, I'm not in Australia to witness the race that stops the nation on Tuesday and as much as the rain appears to be unrelenting down there, I certainly don't feel too sorry for anyone in Melbourne. We will look ahead to the action from Melbourne shortly, however we'll start on home soil with Lucinda Russell, who sends Grade 1 winning novice hurdler and chaser Ahoy Senor to Weatherby on Saturday for the Charlie Hall chase. As soon as the entries came out on Monday, we thought we could be in for a mouth-watering early season clash between two of the best British novice chasers from last season, with Brave Man's Game also lining up. There's nothing between them on ratings, and so Nick put a call in to Lucinda to see whether we would definitely be seeing him tomorrow. Obviously, we're going to be walking the track and getting anxious about it. I think everyone sort of agrees that he is probably better on good ground, but I want it to be safe ground, and I'm always very, very suspicious of the ground at this time of year. Uh, So hopefully they've had the rain that we've certainly had in Kinross, and um, yeah, if it is, then he'll be going to Weatherby. You mentioned the ground straight away, and it's interesting. I was looking through, reminding myself again about his form this morning, and I thought, actually, I just wonder whether he got stuck in the mud on that horrible day at Cheltenham when he was beaten, and indeed, um, and indeed at Kempton behind Brave Man's Game. And I don't know what you thought of that. Yeah, I think he's better on good ground, but um, he's a horse. You know, I, I still think the run at Cheltenham. And probably at Kempton, he was still learning. I mean, he was still very much a novice um, doing his thing about jumping out to the right or jumping out to the left. And um, he, yeah, he was just working it all out, really. Um, I thought at Cheltenham, it was sort of a turning point from that race. I mean, it sounds mad to be talking about that, about, you know, a top-class race. But he uh, made a few mistakes. Derek dropped him back and and just got him back into a rhythm again. And I think actually that race really made a man of him. And I think that that showed when we went off to Aintree. But yeah, you're right. I do think he's a better horse on good ground, unlike the majority of our horses. But um, I would definitely just wait for safe ground. That's that's the sort of main thing. You might have already answered my question in part. Weatherby's obviously flat left-handed. He was brilliant at Newbury, flat left-handed. He's been brilliant at Aintree, flat left-handed. Should I read anything into that? Or do you think that's just a set of circumstances and it's the way things played out? Um, I'd say it's 75% um, 75 correct, 25% circumstances. Um, I think I love the way that at Cheltenham, you know, he swung into the the home straight in fifth and yet finished second, a good second. So um, I I think, you know, staying track, he does stay. That's that's one of his things. I don't know. We, we've tried him right-handed. He does. He goes a little bit right. If you watch the race at Aintree again, you'll see that he actually changes legs, probably six or seven strides out from a fence, um, and puts himself onto the right leg. So I, I don't, you know, the right-handed leg. So I don't know whether he would be better going right-handed. But um, bad luck, you know. Aintree's Aintree's left-handed and Cheltenham's left-handed, and they're sort of the aims of our season. But are you are you in any way? 
minded to think that the undulations of Cheltenham wouldn't suit him as well as the flatter tracks of, of Aintree, Newbury and, and that. Is that is that in your mind or, or not really? No, not really. I don't think it's the undulations, no. So I he... think I think what you said, that, you know, having the change in the weather and what I say about him being still quite novice I think they, they were the two reasons that he was, I mean, <laughs> he was beaten, but he was still second. He's still there. He's still, um, he, he was second on the day. Have you and, and your team and, and Skew have you have you thought a, a thought a way of picking through the campaign from here on in? If if all goes well and he runs a nice race on on Saturday, have you thought about how many runs you might have, how you might pick your way towards a Gold Cup? Yes, I mean I think the you know we've we can only really look at the starting points. The starting point is either going to be Weatherby or if that didn't work out, then he'd he'd wait another week and go down to Sandown. Um, so that that's our starting point and then I don't know he'll probably have another two runs there's there's a chance that he'll go for the mini clouds at at Aintree uh, as a second race but it just depends how you know how soon we can we can run him at the start of the season so really yeah you're right we'll probably have three runs and then look at Cheltenham uh, and then Aintree Would the King George be out of the question? No no not out of the question um, he wasn't just quite right that day with with brave man's game at Kempton um and yeah no I wouldn't be wouldn't be afraid to go back there now with the big two getting all the attention in the lead up to the Charlie Hall chase last season's Denman chase winner Eldorado Allen has flown a little bit under the radar for a horse that's been there and done it at this level in open company so Nick caught up with his trainer Joe Tizard to see how he's feeling going into the weekend well, this is the Charlie Hall's been the target for him since the back of, back of last year. To be honest, um, you know he, he he progressed. He won the Holden Gold Cup. He he won. He ended up winning the Dem, and he got better as we stepped him up and trip. And we just thought this was like a lovely early season target for him. Obviously, we're taking on two two second season novices that are that are pretty exciting with Brave Man's Gay and a Hoy Senor, but. Um, He's in good nick. The horses are running well as well. Are you confident now that you can give him a campaign at three miles plus, given what he did at the back end of last year? Yeah, not not necessarily three mile plus, but um, but but certainly, um, you know, he needs to step up again to become a, a King George or a Gold Cup horse. But um, you know, we're confident that after his Demon performance beating Royal Pacquiao and um, Clandesobo, we're confident that he can. He can he can hack it on a flat three miles similar to um, to Weatherby. So this will determine whether we have a good crack at a King George or we go Peterborough Chase and drop back. Um, this will answer a few more questions. And obviously, there's going to be no hiding place. I mean, both the favourites are free going, front running type types of horse. You're going to need to be every bit as fit as you as you should be. Uh, is he is he going to be bang straight enough to to give it a hundred percent? I think so. I'm, um, you know, the horses that we've run, the winter horses, which has been delayed a couple of weeks because the ground have run really well, and you know he hasn't missed a beat. So, um, you know, I, I, I we'll, we'll take them on. You know, it's, uh, we're not going to lie down and and accept it. You know, we'll we'll use our experience and um, and ride in positively, like we did in the Denman. And um, you know, if we get beat that way, we get beaten by a better horse. 
staying in Britain but heading south to Ascot as they host their first jumps meeting of the season where the most intriguing and high-class runner on the card is no doubt Goshen who'll be jumping fences in public for the first time. We all know how talented this horse is, he has his obvious quirks but going right-handed he seems to be much more manageable and Nick spoke to his jockey Jamie Moore this morning to find out how he's taken to the larger obstacles at home. Yeah, he's been schooling well. Um, yeah, so it's, it's all gone pretty smooth. He's schooling. Um, he's he doesn't seem too erratic or anything like that. And it's a it's obviously Ascot takes a bit of jumping, but it's a lovely start at Ascot where you, you climb the hill first and before you start rolling down the hill. So um, hopefully he can get his confidence up and pop away nicely. And then once we go down the hill, because it, it could just be a little bit greasy down the hill. Ascot where we've had a very dry summer. And the white fences and things, horses are looking at these, and that, that you just got to be a bit mindful of that. But um, hopefully, it gets his confidence up early, and then we can have a nice ride around. Well, that's interesting. So the the, the new rails, the, the the whiter rails rather than the orange ones, that's that's actually having an impact, is it? Yeah, def- definitely. Um, I mean, we 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 got the Dulux out back in the summer and painted everything, so hopefully it's okay. But yeah, I mean, we we when the meeting got called off at um, Huntingdon a few weeks ago, horses were slipping and for me it's kind of the early races where we had a juvenile hurdle first and then a novice chase second, small fields, horses were where we had a firm ground summer and watered ground on top and looking at the white things it was causing horses to slip and faking them a couple of weeks ago changed their program around they put a handicap chase and a handicap hurdle first so the older horses could just dig up the ground a little bit you know so um yeah they they they, they were innovative there but yeah i think it could be a little bit greasy at ascot on saturday and it'll be because a combination of things really but mm. um all the jockeys are wise to it nowadays <laughs> Honestly, with you, i'd always rather ride a horse over a fence than a hurdle um horses do they they, they do respect them more and uh and, and back off him and, and he, he he should be backing off him he's, he's been touched where he's been pretty good and I mean I'm not saying he's going to be a better chaser than Hurdler um, but there's no he hasn't showed us any signs that he dislikes it or we, we haven't had any problems he's been schooling for a long time though we, we've always he's always jumped a lot and um, he's been jumping baby fences probably since he was three year old you know right. so um, I don't think there's going to be too much of a problem. And obviously tomorrow it's, this isn't an issue you're going to have to worry about, but the whole left-hand, right-hand thing, it, do you think this is just something strange in his head or, or do you think it's something yeah. something physical? I think it's strange in his head and, I mean, the, only because he's a high-profile high horse, but there's a lot of authorised, they do hang right. Um, we've had quite a few and they, 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 a lot of them do hang right the occasional one hangs left but a lot of authorised do have a little kink to them where they, 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 they do hang he's, he's actually not the only one but because a lot of them are just probably 120 horses, 130 people don't really notice So, um, but yeah, it is, it is it's something he's done since he was a two year old mm. you know. but at the end of the day he still would have won a triumph going left handed but it has got progressively worse yes so we'll be sticking to right-handed tracks um you've got an incredible book of rides um six horses all of whom with some sort of a chance apart from him which one are you looking forward to riding the most um i really like nasalam uh nasalam and cop mask they they would be my um my my next possibly 
Yeah, that's Simon Cotmars. They're, they're, um, they're fairly straightforward. Fullback, he, he, he won at Cheltenham last year. Uh, it was quite a competitive race it is, but he, he's been working well, so he goes there with, with, with a small chance. But, I mean, Goshen is my best ride, and then after that, they've got nearly way chances, you know. And are you running Invincible Neo? Yeah, he runs, yeah. Um, he's, he's not straightforward, though. He's very, very keen. Very, very keen. Um, he's been quite tricky to train since he came over from France. So, and I think a nine-pound penalty is um, is going to make his life hard. Well, at least you've had a nice, straightforward ride round on uh, on Goshen to get your eye in. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Goshen will be all right. He'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Also at Ascot, trainer Sam Thomas, who had a breakthrough year last season, will be hoping to continue that form as he looks to get his better horses back out again. And Tom Stanley questioned how ready his string are for this weekend and whether he'd just been waiting on the rain to get them out. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, Tom, to be honest, we had the horses ready to run for, for a few weeks before, but just we're waiting for the ground, really, like a lot of trainers, I suppose. Um, so, um, you know, we didn't intend to... You know, have loads of ones on one day, but that's just the way it sort of worked out in, in terms of the ground and races, essentially. But yeah, it was nice to nice to sort of get them out early, I think, and, and sort of try and hit the ground running. You know, you can always give them the pressure off when the team goes off. But, uh, yeah, we probably still got you know, two thirds of the yard ready to run, and, and another that we're just sort of waiting for to stop the ground a bit later on. Okay, you you could have a, a pretty busy weekend by the the looks of it. Um, before midnight, Ascot, uh, you know, our, our power in that London Gold Cup as well. I'm sure uh, he spent the season progressing, and um, yeah, you know, if he can, you know, progress again for a break, then great. But um, it will be a bit tougher for him, I'm sure, this season off his, off his, off his sort of you know highest ever mark. And um, yeah, but we're very lucky to have him. He's a star, and um, he was great for the season, for the yard last season. He uh, won two nice pots in his first couple of races, and um, he's very much sort of trained for the first race at Cheltenham, and he, like uh, after that, I think it's like a bit of a bonus to be honest with you. Yeah, but he's a superstar, and. Um, Okay, will he need the run here? Uh, I hope not, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the yeah, plan. Like, uh, like, no, like, uh, to be fair, last season, I can like to say he was very much trained for Cheltenham. He had a lot of away days. And, you know, that was our Gold Cup, essentially. And, you know, he just kept uh, kept, kept going throughout the season. So, look, I mean, he, he'll be as fit as we can get him. Um, I'd say I probably haven't been as hard on him. But, um, you know, he's there to go and you know, run his race. And, uh, you know, hopefully he won't be wanting to fitness anyway. Okay, um, and um, our power, he didn't win first up last year, but but then won a couple subsequently. Where do you have him? Yeah, so it was a bit of a learning curve for me with him uh, after sort of being our first sort of real season training him. Um, and yeah, we thought he, was a bit, he showed plenty of speed at home, but um, as the season progressed, he showed that he's a real stayer. So um, his, his long distance races are sort of tailor made for him. He's not overly big, but he's quite economical with his jumping. So um, good starting point for us. We'd love to run him in the
Now time to move down under and to Melbourne, but before we come to the big one, first there is the possibility of a remarkable double on Saturday at Flemington, as Sharp and Smart bids to land the Group 1 Victoria Derby just seven days after his Group 1 Champion Stakes success at Randwick. His trainer is Graham Rogerson, and midweek filled Tom Stanley in on how the horse has settled in since travelling to Melbourne. A very laid-back horse straight into his breakfast when he arrived here and uh, he's drunk plenty of water he's had it he's very very fit and uh, i think if any horse can do it he'll do it but it's a real big ass well j- just give us an idea for for you know any any listeners outside australia what 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 we are you are asking of this horse and and how difficult it is obviously you're you're based in New Zealand. You've got a horse that's now been in in Australia for for three plus weeks and is looking to to back up yet again. Just seven days after that monster performance at Ramwick. Well, he ran and the uh, the gloaming was meant to be on. It was two weeks ago and it was put on on the Wednesday, and he won that in the in the closest conditions, and then he backed up. 10 days later and won the champion state and then 36 hours later he had a 10 hour float trip and then we're asking him to back up again this Saturday and it it wouldn't be done very often I I haven't had a horse but he'd do it but he's a very tough horse and uh, he's got a great will to win and he's uh, He's got a great constitution. He's so quiet, and that's why we put the visor blinkers on him in the uh, spring champion in Sydney, and it's just to make him switch on a little bit. And of course, Huey Bowman, he rode him, but he had a commitment in the ten million dollar race in Sydney this Saturday. So James McDonald's on him, and James is rated one of the world's best jockeys. And, uh, he, he's <laughs> real close to us. He rode his first Group One with us here in 2011 in the Queensland Oaks. So it's a small world. Yeah, he'd be a pretty able deputy, wouldn't he? And and Hugh Bowman. I mean, so he that was Cox Plate Day, wasn't it? That he came to Sydney and, and rode for you. So I mean, obviously huge prize money yeah, on, on offer that he won there. Yeah, he's ridden a lot of big race winners for us, Hugh. Because we were here for, I run a stable in Sydney for 16 years as well as New Zealand. We run a lot of heaps of races, you know, big races. He's ridden a lot for us and so, so is James. But uh, it would be a great achievement if he does it. I see the Victorian people think but I think he'll be about $2.80. So, you know, I hope they're good judges. But it is a, it's a mammoth ask and... Uh, I'm very pleased that the sun's out here in Melbourne today, it was. And I don't know if he goes real good in the wet, but he keeps winning in the wet. It doesn't matter if it's wet or dry. He seems to uh, uh, handle any ground. You can ride him anywhere, and he's a very relaxed horse. Distance, Graham. How do you how do you feel about going over further? Well, it's 2,500 metres, and... Uh, yeah, it is a big early, you know, in the season for three-year-olds, but he can relax and uh, he just sits quiet on him and he'll, he'll come into the race himself. Uh, I think he's improving all the time. 
as a racehorse. And I think you'll see him uh, next year, hopefully, at Caulfield Melbourne Cupboards, you know. He's an ideal type. Uh, uh, he reminds me a lot of what a nuisance we had. He won a Melbourne Cup and uh, uh, he's a dead spit ahead. Do you know what, what, what sort of, from a British point of view, looking on what's got me sort of, you know, salivating, it's that prize money. In, in talking in pounds, just for our UK listeners, that's £625,000 he's he's picked up last time for that win. I mean, this horse in, in three starts, were he, he to be successful, I mean, that's a that's a small fortune he could be he could be winning for you guys. It's over £5 million uh, Australian dollars. Huge, wouldn't we? I, I can't believe the prize money. And then he's going home. He'll come back. He'll run in the uh, in the uh, AJC Derby. It's over two million. And then he, if he runs in New Zealand in February, which we're counting on, our richest weight parade race, we're going to run him in that. And then the New Zealand Derby, and then come back to Sydney for the AJC Derby. And, finish off his season in Queensland for the Queensland Derby. So he possibly could win five derbies and he could be up over two Finally, there's been plenty of big deflections from the Melbourne Cup over the last few days, with leading local hope Durston ruled out, as well as German challenger Loft. That's increased the chances of the British landing their second Melbourne Cup, as James Ferguson's Deauville legend has strengthened as favourite, and Simon and Ed Crisford's Without a Fight is now clear second favourite. James and Ed are long-time friends, and Nick caught up with them together earlier and started by asking Ed how he rated Without a Fight's chances. He brings some seriously good form into uh, the race. He's, he's uh, you know, he just got touched off by Hookham. He went on to win the Coronation Cup at Epsom. Um, and so that's some seriously good form. He's, he'll stay in his pedigree. He's by Tufilio. That's... Tufilio's got a great cup record he's won it twice he's a very strong influence for stamina isn't he I always look at Tufilio's and think god if only he'd stayed in training after he was a two year old he probably would have won a triple crown exactly and exactly and he actually is he's I think is the only stallion to uh, every year have won a group one uh, since he's um, been covering so he's a very very good stallion and um yeah he brings so with that fight he brings some great form into the race he'll stay um, and he's, a, he's an older horse. And I think, for me, travelling a horse halfway across, across the world, you, you, you do, and this is not no regard to James, as a three-year-old, but you, you just need a bit of experience. And uh, he's been to Dubai, and he's been around the world, he's been in some big races, and that should put him in good stead. Or do you need the experience? Cross Counter won this as a three-year-old gelding with seven, I think, runs under his belt. Your horse has had half a dozen. Deauville legend James um, how has he coped with it all mentally so far he travelled over very well um, so I've, I was happy with that he settled into to Werribee Werribee nicely um, you know we, we have been lucky to have Edward here um, with without so, yeah, it's not just you two that are pals the horses yeah. are the horses genuinely now are inseparable absolutely you know they um, you know Simon Ed and, and Dan the rider have been very very good to us and um, you know we're very grateful um but we've really, really settled in nicely now, and um, it's just very different, you know. For for a three-year-old, you know, effectively still a baby, it's it's very different. Bringing him here, you know, he's trained up Warren Hill every day at Newmarket. Bringing him here to a flat track, uh, training him on his own as such. Um, 
but my team have done a wonderful job and he's he's thriving he, he looks great and uh, i mean i mean without a fight looks fantastic i mean if i if i couldn't pick pick my own you know I'd, i would definitely be be um be betting on without a fight especially with the weights you can almost touch it can't you you can almost touch it i mean it's very tempting when we have to do these these press releases and and, and the cup standing right next to us um, <laughs> yeah. you'd love to just reach over and take it yeah, no, I like I I agree with James. It's a uh, you know, uh, it's 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 an amazing thing. This whole week or this whole build up and the horse is in great form. We're here and we're ready to rock and roll and uh, looking forward to the race. Nick will of course be with you on Monday from Melbourne to bring you the final build up to the race and also to look back on some of the action over the next couple of days. Thank you once again for listening. Have a lovely weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.